Hello? Hey, Merlin. Mm. Hi, how are you, Dan? I'm doing good. How's you? Uh, it's good. That's good. Had a breakfast sandwich. Ate it kind of fast. Like you like wolfed it? Well, I had to do a lot to do. It's a busy day. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I had to woof it. And uh, this is a very interesting breakfast sandwich, like as a thought technology, because I, I get these. I used to get them more <laughs> often. Now I get them twice a month, probably. So I, I got it. I came in. I recorded three advertisement spots. Okay. And I had to redo one of them, as you do. Uh-huh. So, you know, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. And uh, no matter how long I let this thing cool off, I still get mouth meat every time. Mouth what? Mouth meat. Like where you burn the roof of your mouth and you get like a little shingle hanging down. You've never heard the term mouth meat? I have not. Hmm. You sure? It, you, no, I'm positive. You're saying it irritated the, t- the roof of your mouth? Okay. You're gaslighting me. No, got, I'm um, really not. I'm really not. Okay. I've never heard of this. Dan, back when, back when you ate human food, did you ever have pizza that was way too hot and it burned the roof of your mouth? Definitely. Okay, and then it makes a little shingle that hangs down, and it goes like this, and it really hurts, and it's burny. Ugh. That's mouth meat, because now your mouth is meat. Ah, terrible. Mouth meat. Bad image. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I persevered. Um, Are you dealing with this problem, like, right now? Oh, no, it's good. Mostly I'm just making smacky noises, because I just finished (sighs) it. It's a, you know what it is? It's bad on me. It's too aggressive. As a breakfast sandwich, I have to unhook my jaw like some kind of great South American uh, snake in order to get it in. It's on a ciabatta, and it's got uh, you got tons of scrambled eggs, you got cheddar cheese, mm-hmm. you got hash browns, you got corned beef hash, and I uh, I have the mad little ham to that. Sure, I mean so mix it up, that. go crazy. Mentally, think about that sandwich. That's I mean just the ciabatta alone will make you snake your jaw a little bit. That's a lot of sandwich. But at least now I've eaten. I've had a seltzer. I've had two coffees. I'll probably have another seltzer in just a minute. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, you know, by and large, good day. I mean, it sounds all right, except for the injury. Oh, no, I'm already better. I'm talking to you. Everything's great. Okay. Ugh, not a cloud in the sky. Roofers are done. That's good. Ugh, now I just have streetcars going by. <laughs> but, but this that's is the life. that's normal <laughs> this is the life i've chosen <laughs> yeah at some point when i i started having little belches i started belching a little bit like hank hill bah. is that how he does it no it's how i do it i do that um just want to try and do a little belch i'll go bah. <laughs> good I good like to think it's very amusing to people mm-hmm. i stopped eating on the air mostly people don't like that people don't like mouth sounds yeah Okay, let me change to a different text document. Okay, this is back to work. Hello. Hey. Hey. What is this? Is this Tuesday? Uh, how is your week? Going fine. Going just fine. Mm-hmm. No complaints. No problems. Who would listen? I've, Who would listen? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, the audience. Oh, we didn't put this in the in, in our discussion areas, but uh, I did not read this, but I did see go by... Uh, an update to your Fireside program. Did you want to tell anybody about that? You got uh, Fireside updates. Is there anything in there? Oh, I hope it's not like a terrible problem or something that I'm asking you to no, talk about. Oh, no, no. This is a nice feature update. I've been, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Been ah, working on, been working on for oh. a, a while. Something that I probably should have done on day one, but I intentionally didn't do because I wanted to focus on feature features as opposed to kind of the, the boring ones. And this is, probably the most boring feature 
that I've built or worked on, and yet it is uh, in, uh, incredibly important, and that is it bringing the ability to have multi-user functionality. So, for example, Ooh. if you have a podcast, you can now invite your friends to collaborate on it with you, and uh, and they can manage the podcast and post episodes and things like that. And you would think, well, that, that should kind of be a basic feature. And really it was one that I really wanted to see how people were wanting to use fireside before I spent the time to, to add that kind of thing on, but you know, you want it to be smart. You want it to work the right way. Like if, if you wanted me to collaborate on your podcast and I already have an account, if you invite me, then I should instantly be there. But if I don't have an account or use a different email address, it has to send the email and then confirm it. And how do we handle, because essentially you're, you'd be bringing me in under a free plan. So we had to redo the way that uh, plans were handled and create the the concept of a a planless user and lots of little details like that. But the long story short is that now you can have your co-hosts or engine, audio engineers or producers uh, collaborating with you for free. And so that's that. It was you know it's one of those updates where you spend a lot of time behind the scenes doing this, building it. And then mm-hmm. all you really have to show for it is, Oh, now you can like type an email address and click invite. And now someone else can see your thing. So it's, uh, it's a useful thing. It's something that I think a lot of people wanted or already expected. And now it's here. Yeah. I bet that's the kind of thing where I, I can certainly understand why you would just to, to get things rolling might not have that in at first, even if it was on your list. But it seems like that is going to be helpful for if you have some kind of like a, you know, big shot podcast sure. where you might have separate producers, engineers, talent, all those different people. It seems like that's going to be very attractive. Definitely. And, uh, you know, people have already expressed their happiness with it. So that's always nice. You know, we have so many really, really, really good users. I mean, the feedback that I get from them about features and other things is just, it's just awesome. It's just really awesome. We have such a great collection of people in the Slack and talking about that uh, every day uh, with them. It's, it's just been really awesome. One thing I'm curious about, and this is, you can take this question any way you want, but um, it seems like, you know, if being somebody who's made a lot of these sorts of things in the past, especially like, you know, platforms for the web, right. you must have a pretty good idea going in of what needs to be accomplished. Maybe even have a spec of some kind, but you've got an idea for like what you need to launch with. And then there's, there must be some kinds of things where you're like, you know, um, yeah, I, I know that's something I'm going to need or want, or like, yeah, this is something that, that came up a lot that I didn't hear about. Just however you want to answer it. I'm curious how, as you're getting into the project and people start using it, how are you able to differentiate what changes to make based on, this is a really weird question. I guess what I'm curious about is like, so like in the case, like you just described this really well, which is that like, okay, here's this thing that seems really simple to you. This is one of those classic, it's just a button things is like having separate accounts, but no, there's actually a lot of things that happen under the hood. How do you decide or how do you plan slash decide slash implement a change that requires tearing out some of the wiring? Right. Like how much of that can you mitigate upfront by design, the way you design your application? And then how much of it do you have to just 
just sort of, how do you know when to go back and tear out some load-bearing walls to make it do something different? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, and there have been a number of things in Fireside, where, as you're describing it, that I'm thinking about that I've had to do. And, you know, the, the, your best situation, your goal is always to try and, you know, to try and do it uh, ahead of time where you say, okay, I, I already know because I built 20 of these other things. So a good example of something that's been really, really well outlined and clearly defined across the board is like the the basics of what we would think of as a user login system. So what that means is, you know, someone needs to be able to go to the site and create uh, create an account. And so what do they need to enter? Usually an email address, maybe some other bits of information, and then it needs to send a confirmation email. They have to click the confirmation in the email and that'll take them back to the site. And they'll say, great, you've confirmed your email address. Now log in and get started. Little things like that. And including like, you know, reset your password links. I forgot my password. All of that. These things are what we could just call a solved problem. There is a certain pattern to building this kind of thing. And if you follow the guidelines that, they're not written anywhere, but you know it because you've signed into a million online services and you've forgotten your password before and you know exactly the way that that should work. So, you know, following that kind of a kind of a pattern makes things easy. But then when you're when you're creating something that really either doesn't exist or that doesn't exist the way that you uh, the way that you're doing it, 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 it's a lot more trial and error. So a lot of the time you'll build something and I, I'm thinking of a good example for this. And initially I wasn't exactly sure how to support guests when you have a guest on a podcast. And I knew right. that people would want at some point would want to have uh, like guest user pages, if you will. So that if you were a guest on my podcast, you could go to like, mypodcast.fireside.fm slash guest slash Merlin. And there would be a little bio with your picture or, or a Twitter account or something linked to that. And maybe even a list of the episodes that you were guests on those kinds of things. Uh, you know, people will eventually want that. But when I first launched, that was one of the things I hadn't, hadn't really specked out or built yet. And so I knew I was going to have to change it, but I wanted to make it at least possible for people to enter in the names of the people so that if I had you as a guest, I could type Merlin man somewhere. And if I typed it, then the system would be smart enough to say with special guest Merlin man. Right. And, and, and so I, you know, the way that I started out doing it was essentially I, I made those uh, guests work like tags. So you could add an unlimited number of guests by just typing their names with comma separated and it would understand, Oh, these are guests. But then when I finally had time to roll out the guests feature, which would give individual pages and bio pictures and all of that nonsense with the list of, of episodes, I, this was a big, this was a big change that had a lot of plumbing to build. And yet I still had lots of people who had already created guests as tags. So how do you do that? So, you know, you have to figure out, do I automatically create new uh, guest pages for these these tagged guests and if so like where am i pulling the information from since they don't have any other additional info or do i clobber the old guest list and just right. make people start over from the beginning you know so there's lots of decisions you can't always foresee and you know so far maybe knock on wood a little bit i haven't made any decisions uh, in in the architecture of the thing that has made it like really difficult to to make that change or undo it but Sometimes uh, things slip through the cracks. Like 
there's two levels of plans. I wanted to keep it simple and I have like just a standard plan, but there were beta testers who were using it before and helping, you know, with their ideas and contributing stuff. So I actually had a lot of users who were on a, a beta plan and it was a really, really, you know, compared to the regular price, it's, it, it, it's a lot less, but the reward is that I decided I'll let them stay on the beta plan at the reduced price as long as they want, but they're not guaranteed to get all of the features that a standard user would get. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of a good example of that. Well, collaboration, the, the multi-user stuff, that's a good example. If you're on the beta plan, which again is much cheaper, not much cheaper, but it's cheaper than the, the standard plan. If you want to stay on it, that's fine. You won't get collaborators though. And mm-hmm. if you want collaborators, just upgrade and pay a few more dollars a month and you'll be on but the standard But then you have to think plan. about upgrading and downgrading and then all that changes all the right. relationships. Exactly. And, and so, you know, you have to build that. But, you know, so I built that. But then when I rolled out the collaboration feature, I realized, oh, you know, it's stupid. After all this work on all this stuff, I didn't, I didn't lock it down to just being a standard plan and beta people have access to it. So I found it, okay, only one of all the beta users has actually started using this so far. So how do you do that? Well, you know what? They started using it. So what, what do I do? Do I take it away from them or do right, I let right, them right. keep it? And if I let them keep it, is that really fair? You know, so like there's lots of decisions that are beyond just the scope of code. You can't quite solve that with, with code. Like what, what happens? Do I leave the whole thing open for all beta users, you know, and, and, and so you, you kind of have to go through that process too. Uh, when you start out, tricky. what's that phrase John Syracuse uses a green field? Like when, when you start right. out, um, nothing has to be, it seems to me anyway, nothing has to be difficult when you start out because, you know, you're the king of everything, you know, title, you, you get to decide <laughs> what all, what all the things mean and how it is implemented. And hopefully you think ahead a little bit, but it's sort of like we said last week with the, you know, the whiteboard not, not uh, surviving um, contact with reality. Right. Because then you have to, I'm kind of repeating what you said, but you have to think about how your users will adapt to how things are set up. And I, I think about, I think the tags thing is a really, the tags thing and the users thing are both really interesting ideas. Because, you know, you could over-engineer this to where there's all these different levels of taxonomy that where it would actually become confusing. But like you think about something like let's say you've got you've got shows that have hosts, you've got shows, you know, programs, podcast shows. Right. They have episodes, they have users. Soon soon seasons. Right, exactly. Like I just saw Lipson just sent out a thing that they're rolling out. I think it was Lipson is rolling that stuff in yep. um now. Yeah, to but be like because the new the new uh iTunes or Apple Podcasts spec now includes being able to create seasons as well as a yeah. bunch of other things. And, and what type of, what type of show of show is it? Is it episodic? Or right. Is it, yeah. Serialized or episodic. And these are things that they're not, they're not hard to implement. I've already most of the way done implementing it. And, you know, like when they came out with JSON feeds, um, the, the guys that did made the big stink about the JSON feeds. Well, that was pretty easy to just roll out JSON feeds. So every, you know, every fireside, podcast has a JSON feed and pretty soon they'll have these additional uh, new iTunes tags too. And, and you know, you've got a, I wouldn't say podcasting is like drastically changing every single day, but there's new stuff that mm-hmm. happens. And, and when iTunes comes out with something like this, well, heck yes, you want to support that, you know, and especially in time for uh, iOS 11, which is when all the, the podcast clients are going right. to support it too. So yeah, I mean, you know, and you, you do that kind of thing and, 
it's um but you have to pay attention but like i'm just thinking about uh, just just because it's helping me think about what it is that you're doing is that if you have all these so I guess you'd call it a, a show or a program yeah. or, you know, a property. And those all have these different attributes, I guess you could say, uh-huh. or values. And so you might start off with something as simple as there's administrators for this account and there's tags. And then you introduce, I'm just, I'm just tossing this out, but then you toss in something like, oh, well, like maybe, like you say, you want a way to link to guests. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want to, I'm thinking about like on the incomparable site, when you click on a guest name, I think it's on Relay 2 and I think on 5x5, when you click uh, on a lot of these kinds of sites, you click on a name and it takes you to show me all the shows that this person has been on. Mm -hmm. to, To do that properly, it seems to me, several things have to happen. You have to have a person attribute that has its own attributes of, is this an administrator of the site? Is this the owner of a podcast? Right. Is this somebody who's a who's a, a co-host of a podcast? Sure. Is this somebody who's a guest on a podcast? And then layer on top of all of that is what you might call tags. And so that can be a completely different thing where you'd say, is this, are we talking about Dan Benjamin, the, the person who runs the network, Dan Benjamin, the host of this show, Dan Benjamin, the person who does the engineering on this and needs that access, or did we talk about the topic called Dan Benjamin? <laughs> right. And tags seem like the easiest thing to implement. And hey, look, you got a little path. You can even link to all the Dan Benjamin things. And maybe somebody starts adopting that as the way that they taxonomize things. And like you say, like, how do you then not upset the apple cart? Because a tag can be anything. Right. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. It just, it's, it just it seems very, very challenging. And then to roll that out in a way that, like you say, doesn't clobber other people's stuff, but also gives you runway for like whatever else comes along. Like, right. who knows? I mean, at some point, maybe I would not want this, but maybe you want a button to like get this thing on Stitcher. Maybe there's something along the lines of an OAuth thing that will very easily help you get into different channels. Like here, I want to be on TuneIn. Make that easy for me. All those kinds of things. Right. I don't know. It just seems extremely challenging. And then to be able to like not have the technical debt of all that stuff once it does really get rolling uh, without putting off your your old folks it seems really difficult it really is and you know it, it's there isn't like there isn't a way to do it without so far I've been lucky in that I haven't I haven't had to take away any functionality or features but I anticipate one day I I will and the one in particular and and the only feature that's kind of I hate to call it half-baked because it actually works pretty well, but it I didn't think it through as much as maybe I I would if I was doing it today. And that is there's like a little sponsorship feature. So you can go and you can create a sponsor and then sponsors can have campaigns that they run, you know, and that would be different reads. You know what I'm saying? So like, like you might have uh, – like we have a, a sponsor today that's a text expander. Well, mm-hmm. they might give us a read to use in July – and that read's going to change in uh, August. So we would have a new campaign for them. So that's so you can have campaigns. And then you attach these to the episodes. And when you do, they display a certain way on on the website and they'll be in the RSS feed. But, you know, the, I've found that, A, a lot of people don't really use the sponsorship feature at all. Like very, very few people are really using it. Uh, and B, uh, the ones who are using it, they're – 
not necessarily using it in this way. If it, it would be easier for them to just almost have a blank where they could just type, just paste, the, just paste in what they've the got. Like they in. don't, they don't need variables. They may not need right. variables for offer codes or right. different campaigns, different flights inside of a network. And stuff Ex- like that. It's exactly right. So I have this <clears> thing that's maybe in this case, maybe even a little overbuilt for the way that people uh, use it or would want to use it. And so, you know, there, you just never know until you get, start getting feedback from people. But that's the thing that has been really different from anything else I've ever done or worked on ever, like in my whole life, is that the people who are using this, there's two things I'll say about them. One, they're incredibly like conscientious and friendly and thoughtful. And so when they make a suggestion, and this is like across the board, I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds, maybe a thousand people. Um, you know, just they're, they're super like, hey, I was wondering, I had an idea. Could it work like this? As opposed to this thing sucks and you need to change it. You know, very, very positive, number one. And uh, and number two, way more, I don't know if tolerant is the right word, but way more just patient and forgiving of basically everything. You know, like they like a lot of people have been chomping at the bit to get multi-user and Anytime someone would ask, they'd be like, you know, is, is it ready? I don't mean to, to rush you, but is it, is it coming? I'd say, yeah. And they're like, thank you so much for working on it. You know, as opposed to the kind of audience I'm used to dealing with, which is like, this sucks. Why isn't it ready yet? And right. I, I don't know if that's just the podcasting community is really nice as a whole or just the ones using Fireside, but it, it really says something to, and, and it encourages you as a, you know, somebody who's making the thing that when people are responding to you in such a positive way and they're so nice about it and so appreciative of it, like it makes you want to work harder as a po- And maybe I'm used to spending so much time like in the corporate world where the only time that people see you is when something is broken. So they're automatically kind of pissed off anyway. Um, so I don't know. I've only had one customer since the beginning so far, only one who was like legitimately unhappy and, and didn't like anything. And uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, the other thing is like, I'm very quick. If somebody like tries it out, we have a seven day free trial for you to figure out if you like it or not. And I would love to extend that to like 30 days. But the problem is you have to kind of and this is another thing you don't think about. But there's people who uh, would they they abuse they abuse the system. In other words, they'll say, oh, 30 days of free podcast hosting. Great. I have a really popular podcast. I'm just going to put some episodes over here and uh, and hotlink them. And who cares what the bandwidth is and who cares, you know, and 30 days is up. I'll move them somewhere else. I don't care. Right. And there's people who, you know, try and take advantage uh, that way. So like going sure. longer than a seven day trial, it just it leads to abuse is unfortunately what what happens. So. You know, but still, like, I've had people who have, like, the thing I see a lot, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, I've seen it a few times, where people won't, um, they won't cancel within their seven days, they'll forget, and then they'll get, they'll get charged on the seventh or eighth day, whatever, and they'll, uh, I'll get an email saying, I never authorized this charge, why are you charging me? And I'll say, well, you know, I'd be happy to refund you, of course, but, uh, you know, you, you had to cancel by seven days, not, not the morning of the eighth day. And I'll, I'll, and inevitably I'll go and I'll look and I'll see when the charge was processed and it'll be like, you know, 1201 AM and the email from them will be at 7 AM 
because they woke up in the morning, they saw the charge go through, they got an email about it, and they're like, oh, crap, I forgot to cancel. I can't, yeah. and, and, and they'll always say in the email, be like, I canceled first thing this morning, but I still got charged. And I'll be like, no, I can see when you canceled in the system right here. And it, it, it was right before you sent me the email, seven hours after you got charged. So, you uh, know, little that's, that's things a like that. kind of thing, but that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. I always forget about those things. I try to remember to give myself a reminder. Uh, it's hard to remember. Things. We are subscribed to so many different services. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she's telling me how to, you know they have uh, they have Amazon Prime, they've got uh, Hulu, they've got Netflix, they've got HBO Go. It sounds like me, and yeah. uh, and you know she's got all these different services, and um and you you know she's like. I'm paying a lot more for all these things than I would have been paying if I was just with Time Warner Cable or Spectrum or whoever they are today. Uh, she's like, but I just don't want to give my money to to Spectrum at all, ever. And <laughs> and they're willing to pay Especially more. Especially because it sounds like a James Bond villain. It, yes. I write a check to Spectrum. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you, it's easy to forget how many things you're signed up for. Uh, that's my, my tip there. And I've said this before, but go into whatever you use for whatever you're using for electronic, you know, modern quicken and create a tag that automatically tags those things with, with something like in my case, I recurring subscriptions. It can be really sobering to go in and look at that. My problem is I just space it. Like I just, um, signed up for CISO to watch this TV show. I really wanted to watch and it was a terrible app and a terrible service. I'm glad I watched the show. <laughs> Hi, McElroy brothers. It was really good, but, uh, Oh boy, I cannot wait to cancel that. My, my usual MO is like, I'll sign up for it. I'm not trying to like rip anybody off. I, I go into each service like that wanting to never have to right. uh, cancel it. I mean, that's just a natural, um, whatever, uh, provider and audience relationship is you go into it as the audience wanting the comedian to be funny, the musician to be talented, et cetera. You want the shows to be good. You want the app to not just alphabetize all of the series by first letter, really, um, with no way to favorite it. Wow. What a mess. Um, and then I usually, my MO is like, I've totally spaced these seven days, 30 days, 60 days, whatever. And then the first time it gets, uh, you know, charged. I'm like, oh, you Duke boys. Then I go in and turn it off. Right. But, you know, um, I want to hear about something you like, but this actually also, it, this is a, for, for uh, we have a listener question related to these services that I think would be good to answer yeah. uh, from listener Jonathan. But before that, would you like to tell me about something that you like? I would, I, you know, I, I dropped a little hint about it and it is text expander from Smile. It's a tool I live by. I mean, there's there's so many important things I have to say that Text Expander makes happen for me. I used it six times this morning. Do you I mean, mean, how do you count, other, how do you know you use it six times? Because I had to record three ad spots for reconcilable differences, which is another program that I do. And uh, I have one of my Text Expander shortcuts is when I type spawn start s p o n s t a r t. Let's see what happens. S p o n s t a r t. I get a pop up. It says this episode of then a pull down menu for which show it is, is brought to you in part by, and then I type in the name of the sponsor. You can learn more. If you've, anybody has ever heard my shows, you've probably heard this phrase before. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Foo. You can learn more about Foo right now by visiting example.com or whatever. And so I've got a URL spot. Now, the neat part is I only have to type foo once because guess what? That field is cloned. I don't know what the term for that is, but I only have to type it once and it fills in in all of those places. Then I, I usually have the URL in my clipboard. So all I have to do is paste that in, hit okay, boom, done. 
And then I have another one called Sponsend, S-P-O-N-S-E-N-D. Our thanks to Foo for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all the great shows. <laughs> like I pulled down menus for all of those. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing where like, you know, you really miss that. If, if you're in a place that doesn't have that, you're like, oh, you know, Apple's keyboard shortcuts are real good, but they're real limited. You can't have returns. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have variables. I'm carrying on, except to tell you that like we're happy to take some money off these folks. But the truth is, like I use the living crap out of Text Expander. I love it, love it, love it. Well, I, I don't know how we could possibly do a, a better read than that. Go to textexpander.com/b is in boys, two is in the number, w is in women, and you get a free trial. You get to use it free for 30 days. You get the awesome Text Expander subscription that includes software for Mac, iPad, iPhone, and Windows, sure. And it does all, all this great stuff. It types stuff for you. It can format dates, uh, autocorrect your misspellings, you name it. And uh, it's a wonderful service. TextExpander.com slash B2W. Go check it out. Buck, buck. Did I hijack your whole spot with my no, nonsense that's uh, story? That's, that's, I, I think that's what they want. Okay. Um... So please yeah, hijack. It's, it's one of those things where Text Expander is so neat because from the first time you open it up and you just do a little test thing, like you'll immediately see that it's useful. And then it'll it might, take you, might even take you a while to remember, oh, I can do that instead of this. Like every time I type, this is great, on, the, on my uh, Macintosh computer, every time I type my wife's full, let me do it right now. Um, every time I type my wife's full email, you know what I get? Hmm. I get a little pop-up that says, you could have typed this instead of that, dummy. You've already got an abbreviation for this. Remember to use it. Do you follow? Do it. So anytime I'm a dingaling and I go ahead and I type the full version of something that it detects that too and says, hey, just as a remember, just remember, like you could use this instead. So like it'll find ways to help you learn how to use it to its maximum ability. That's really great. Very cool. Mm, I love that app. Can't live well, without it. Um, uh, this is going to be weird for this early in the episode, but listener Jonathan has a question about uh, TV services and entertainment things. Uh, this is actually part two of a two-part question, part the second. My question surrounds the awesome content available to us now. How do you manage the overwhelm? Don't love that as a noun. Uh, how do you manage the overwhelm <laughs> right. of content via iTunes, HBO, Netflix, and Amazon? My question more aligns to how do you decide what to watch? Have we reached a point, especially with television, that there are significant quality shows coming out that far outnumbers our ability to consume them? Question from listener Jonathan. And uh, I don't know. I got a couple angles into this one. Um, uh, you know, one show that I like I really like is um, show Jason Snell does with Hollywood Reporter uh, chief film critic uh, Tim Goodman. Um, uh, the bastard is it called Bastard Machine? No, TV Talk Machine is what it's called. And this is like such an ongoing theme on the show. Is like there's like you Tim is a professional TV critic, and he can't begin to watch even just the scripted stuff, all of it. Mm-hmm. And on top of it all, there's so much of it that is so good. I thought one angle for this, if, you, if you'll allow it, is, I mean, the, the answer is, yeah, there's too much good stuff out there. But another way to a- ask this is, like, what is, a, what is potentially a smart strategy that you would use for deciding what services to get when to watch what, how, if you, if you follow my meaning? Right, sure. I'll give you a specific example. Um, you know, the last few months... Um, 
you know, if you're not, a, even if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, the last few months have been a, it's the good time for HBO where every Sunday night on HBO, this service pays for itself because my family, many of my favorite shows are on Sunday nights on HBO. Yeah. You get, you get Silicon Valley, um, you get Veep, you get, um, the English guy last week tonight, you get, um, but there's like at least three or four shows. And then right after that, there's like a maybe one or two week in oregonum. And then you go, bam, straight into Game of Thrones season. So, I mean, I think part of this is like you don't need to be dumb like me and buy all the services. But I will be happy to give advice on which services I think provide the most bang in terms of quality. And also then some maybe slightly canny life hacky ways to not have all the services all the time. I would love to hear that. I, w- I would like to make a list when you do it. I would, I would love to hear that. Now, what do you think, what do you think of the, of that HBO strategy? Cause the truth is like once I'm not trying to be down on HBO, but especially when you look at what you get from Netflix at this point, like if, if it's very important to you to see game of Thrones day and date, if it's very important to you, like in my case to see veep, like mm-hmm. when it comes out, um, I think that's, it's not that costly for what you get. And you do get, you know, other shows, plus movies and stuff. So I would say pick out the times of year when you really want those HBO shows. And if you're trying to um, economize a little bit, like look at what else is on, add those to a list from the HBO app. So, you know, you maybe don't need like six different, you know, of these kinds of services, uh, especially if many of them offer lots of movies. You know, it's funny because like coming up when I was a kid, HBO and Showtime is how I saw movies. Like movies were on, yeah, uncut movies were on HBO and Showtime. Full stop. You could and see you it could, in the theater. You, they would come out on a Friday. I think they would premiere on a Friday night, and they would be on yeah. at either eight or nine, and then they would have a second playing on the Saturday night. Usually, remember the the, the camera going through the little city? Yes, like I, little I watched city? that all the time. Yeah, I've watched exactly. the making of that dumb thing. <laughs> I loved that thing. And, uh, and you know, you would get the feature presentation. And I remember as a kid growing up that like, you know, before I was old enough to drive and go out and, you know, be with friends that for family time, like that was the big thing. Like what movie is going to be on HBO this weekend? But it was like a thing. And this was even before before we would go as like a ritual and like go to a blockbuster and rent a movie like it was what what is hbo bringing into our homes for us this friday you know and that was like a big deal like oh i've wanted to see that movie it's coming to hbo and maybe maybe if you were lucky you could record it on your on your vcr you know and you'd watch it again yeah and that was a whole thing but now and HBO, it's a kind of a funny place to start. I only give it here because I think it is an excellent example of something you probably don't need year round because what's on there, you can often get from other places, but like you might want it day and date from HBO. Just figure out when those shows are, if it means a lot to you. But like that one, I think you may not need all year round. There, there's one amongst all of these that's with an asterisk, practically a no brainer, which I would say is Amazon Prime. Um, so many people, um, are members of Amazon prime. I mean, you've paid for this service and they want to provide the appearance of a lot of value. Not that they're not, but they jammed a lot of stuff into Amazon prime at this point, more than I'm even aware of. But one of the nice things you get is you get the Amazon prime video. So a, if you're already paying whatever hundred bucks a year for Amazon prime, you might as well at least check out Amazon prime TV because B it's on almost everything. I think it's not on Google play. 
because I almost bought a dingus at Target, but I saw it didn't have Amazon. I don't think it may, but I mean, I didn't see it natively on there. And obviously, as of this moment that we're recording, it's not yet on Apple TV, but it's on almost everything else. I mean, maybe after Netflix and YouTube, it's it seems like it's got to be the service that's in the most places because Amazon wants it to be everywhere. So if you pay the hundred dollars and you have a dingus of some kind, like yeah, check out Amazon Prime. I would I would say last time I checked, the movie selection was B minus. There's stuff there, um, but like it's got pretty good TV shows. It's got kids stuff. It's got games. But the only reason I mention that is like. It's probably not going to cost you anything to have it since you're already paying for it. Right. So you might as well configure it and at least look around. That's 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 the first easy one. And then, I don't know. You, you know, you go next. But I, I think there's there's two others I can think of that are fairly huge for me. Well, you got to you've got to have Netflix in this mix. I don't. I think you're silly to not have Netflix. Right. Because <laughs> a, if you really want movies, there are so many movies on there. But the number of you cannot even keep up just with new TV shows on Netflix, and a lot of it is really good. Some of it is very strange. See, they've got documentaries out the ass, and they've got so many shows. They've got you know every oh, my son, like every my, day. My son new. found some kind of documentary on uh, the Nazis trying to make a nuclear bomb, and and he's like, "Oh, it was really good." I'm like, "Yeah, he's like, yeah, but it was in German. I had to read the subtitles for the whole thing." But wow. you know, talk about documentaries. But forget it. You know, people used to think, I used to think of Netflix as being like, this is where you get movies from. Forget yeah, that. Because for, it was like three DVDs a month. So forget that was what movies. We knew. It's all about, I will tell you what, with the exception of maybe one or two exceptions, um, and, and I'm thinking about one show on HBO, in particular Game of Thrones, and maybe a couple others here and there on a Hulu and a thing over here, that overwhelmingly most of what I think of as watching TV is Netflix original series that I'm watching. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I absolutely loved uh, the crown, which was mm-hmm. not something I thought I was going to like Marco Polo was a weird, but a lot of fun and so well done. Um, just finished watching bloodline that the three seasons of that I'm starting uh, sons of anarchy now. Um, it, my uh, wife is really into life below zero, which hmm. is, um, people who live up like North of the Arctic circle and, and what life is like up there. And there, again, these are just a few examples of the ones I've watched recently. There are so many there. And for me, I love to, I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, I love to say, okay, like tonight I get it. I'm going to watch an hour of this one and you know, whatever. And being able to do that, I know a lot of people like binge this stuff and they'll watch it all in a week and oh, House of Cards. How could I forget House of Cards? You know, all of these all have right. just been so great. And that's just the Netflix original series. They have tons and tons of stuff that are back catalog stuff that are amazing. And it's my kids are watch it. Like if I had to pare yeah. it down and only have this is the one, first place, this is the first app we open most of the time Yeah, because we're usually binging or my daughter, my daughter, I don't know. I don't know where I have been that my daughter is now into the fourth season of uh, agents of shield. But in the past like two or three weeks, <laughs> right, she's watched right. four seasons of this show. It just runs. Um, like she gets to watch TV in the morning, a little bit before camp, usually done by seven forty-five, and then she gets to watch in the afternoon uh, or rather the evening. But yeah, yeah. But like that just that. So like, what do we watch? We're watching parks and rec. We're watching Gilmore girls. We're watching uh, agents of shield. We're watching flash. We're watching Supergirl. all of which are in there right. alongside. I'm looking here. What Moana trolls. Um, 
there's just so every time you open it, there's another new show. And you're like, well, how are you doing this? I guess having billions of dollars to spend on content is part of it. Coraline. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but then one thing that's frustrating about Netflix, it's true, I imagine, pretty much everywhere. But sometimes you Netflix, Netflix, it used to be you kind of got used to stuff going away. But then it kind of seemed like they were keeping stuff longer. But then sometimes stuff will go away on Netflix and it's super frustrating. Um, and this is where my next contender comes up, setting aside YouTube, um, which is Hulu. We do the Hulu TV deal. I remember Doesn't you telling everything. me about that, right? Yeah, we've, I've talked about it a fair amount on here. But I, my gut is that Hulu is going to try to get real competitive on at least the TV part with Netflix. Totally Hulu's agree. Movies, totally agree. Hulu's movie selection is silly. Like it's like it's kind of it's kind of like if you were like at a bed and breakfast with a bunch of DVDs and you'd be like, oh yeah, the president's plane is on fire, rated PG in theaters, whatever. Like you'd have this really weird collection of stuff. Um, but like I'm looking at a headline right now, Hulu is getting every episode of Bob's Burgers, Futurama, and more. That's a super competitive move because actually Futurama left Netflix not very long ago, and they I don't think they they might have all seasons of Bob's. I'm not sure. But like I think they're going to get real competitive about that, and and but then alongside that with Hulu, you can get this live TV option, which I watch more than I should because I'm started watching MSNBC. I hate myself. <laughs> um, where you can just go flip in, go watch some CNN. You can watch some MSNBC stuff you can't get elsewhere. I tried to watch the McElroys on at midnight last night, but mm, turns out we don't have Comedy Central. Guess what? I've had the Hulu TV offering how long? Three, four months at least. It was only last night that I realized. <laughs> We don't have Comedy Central. Oh, my God. So I guess that tells you how much I watch Comedy Central. But that's got basic DVR functionality. It's a fantastic service with an app that needs a lot of help, people. Give the apps help. Help the app. Make it better. But, you know, Amazon Prime, TV, video, no-brainer. Netflix, I would say maybe I'm just being a fancy rich guy, but, like, I think, what is it, 11 bucks, something like that, for Netflix? Yeah, for streaming, I think it's 11 or 11.99. I mean, <laughs> That's that's like Marvel Unlimited level of like a lot of value for what you're paying. Really, really even more though. I mean, you could sit down and you could binge a season of a TV show in two or three nights that would have cost you $3 an episode on iTunes. Notice we have not brought up iTunes. Yeah, I have nothing to say really. But the Hulu TV, if you don't have cable and you're like me and you're an animal and you don't have cable, the Hulu TV thing is pretty good. I think the app could use some help. Who are we leaving out apart from iTunes and YouTube? Uh, who are the other big players? Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is big. I don't have my Apple TV up in front of me right now. But you've okay, named so, all the ones I know about. I mean, so here's another way to approach this, and I, I would like to—I'll get into the YouTube and iTunes in a second. Um, but I think to go back to listener Jonathan's question: uh, Have we reached a point, especially with television, that there's significant quality shows coming out that far outnumbers our ability to consume them? Well. You know me, I'm always trying to twist it around. I think in this case, it might be helpful to say like, well, what is what are the sh the programs, series, what, what's given you a lot of joy in the past and what stuff you know you feel like you're missing out on right now? Um, a site that I feel like used to be more useful, maybe I'm just not using it as much. Can I stream it? It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, they had it's, problems now. It's super slow it and weird now. It doesn't seem very caught up. It doesn't feel like it's all kind of there. right. But, you know, no matter what services you have, there's just still this issue of curation and like kind of what you're going to focus on. You think about like how John Syracuse talks about like planning his like six months or his year in video games. Because right. given the combination of jobs and podcasts, children and RSI, 
title. Um, he has to sort of plan out when he's going to be able to play through, you know, Destiny. <laughs> I don't think he played through Destiny. He just buy new uh, enchanted hats and stuff. But um, <laughs> I think if, to, if you're feeling overwhelmed by this, you know, one solution is to watch less of it and watch more, just watch a little bit of stuff that's really good and take a break. But I think you can also be your own curator and figure out like, what are the, if I were going to binge these things, what are the kind of, do I want to binge the first season of uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Well, you got Netflix for that. Do I need to have these other ones? You know, because you can always flip them off and on. It's really sure. not a big deal. But if I may, well, then I guess YouTube is kind of a whole other topic. I watch a lot of YouTube. I have YouTube Red, and I really like it. I watch a lot of stuff on there. But iTunes, I don't just compulsively buy movies and TV shows on there anymore. I don't. For, in most cases, it's, how does one say? It's not worth the money. I mean, at this point, paying two ninety nine for an episode of a TV show that I will watch once, the seasons of like Top Chef that we bought for two ninety nine an episode. <laughs> oh, right, I know, I know. I mean, wh- uh, Project Runway. Like, either some seasons we've watched three times, probably, but like, it's so mental that I have like something like two hundred and forty movies that I own, and like, what are the, we rewatch probably twenty of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it has become. Uh, excluding uh, extra legal ways of, of obtaining media, iTunes has kind of become my court of last resort. I mean, one way they could change that for me entirely, and I don't think this is, I don't know if it's their call, if they could make rentals, not even slightly, way more liberal. Basically, like, I, I think you should be able to rent a movie, start at any time in the next 30 days, mm-hmm. And you should, I think, have, I think basically you should have 30 days from the time that you got it to watch it all the way through. Even a week. You know what? Give me a week. From the first time you start it. Maybe not time from the time of purchase, but from the time you start the movie, you got a week to finish it. Because who rents movies? Like people with babies. You know what I mean? You know, I'm even more anti-iTunes rental restrictions, it sounds like, than you are. Because more. Well, you know when I used to rent stuff from Blockbuster, I would get that VCR and then later DVD. And you know what? I paid to rent it. I can watch it as many times as I want until the rental. If you want an extra day, it's a dollar. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing with with Netflix. What Netflix did, and people forget this because we always think of Netflix as a streaming only service now. Uh, but with Netflix, the the thing about that was you had that DVD as long as you felt like keeping it. Now you were still paying your what was it twenty dollars a month, uh, but if you and you kept the same three DVDs or whatever, you could just keep them, keep watching them as long as you want. You keep one DVD all year long, you're still paying twenty dollars a or, month, or keep not not watching them. Yeah, you know? that's like, right. Like all oh, this this copy of Breathless has been sitting there defying me, like in defiance of God's will. I have still not watched Breathless, but I'm an I'm an independent uh, French movie guy. I'm right. still going to watch that someday. You know, and Netflix. I like the I like the idea of what, I'll build on what you said, and then hopefully iTunes is listening. But I like the idea of saying, you know what, you get this. You can you can watch it any time over the next thirty days, but from when you start watching it. You can watch it as many times as you want, start to finish, and anything in between for seven days once you first hit play on it. Uh, for like five bucks. Right. Yeah, that's a good deal. That, that I, would I think I would that. use it a heck of a lot more. And the reason I almost never, I, I want to say almost never, never 
rent anything from iTunes is because it is so limiting on what you can do with it. I would, if they came back and said, sure, you get 30 days. If you don't play this thing by 30 days, it just goes away. But yeah. from when you do play it, you have seven days. Do whatever you want. You want to watch it once. You want to, so, and I wonder what are they trying and, to and, and rewind and rewind. Sure. Watch yeah. over and over. What do you think they're trying to prevent from happening? Do you think this is not about uh, iTunes and what Apple wants to do and more about the kind of arrangement that they must have with, um, with the, uh, the, the movie companies? I bet it's, I bet it is, I don't, there's probably a term for, there's almost certainly a term for this that I'm forgetting, but let's say you have a service that you would like to offer to people. That's your premium service. And it's a service that most people want, which in this case is, let's say buying <laughs> licensing, the purchase of a movie. Well, you want to have a way for people, you know, you want to get your umbrella to where people can get it, but you don't want it to be the full experience. Long story short, I think that a liberal policy, usage policy on renting feels too much like cannibalizing sales would be my guess. Oh, geez. Well, you know, if you want to watch the movie five times, buy it. Mm. You know, this is for cheapskates who aren't allowed to have fun. Like, you know, <laughs> like what, what is it now? Isn't it like, is it like 24 hours after you start watching it? Something like that? Yeah. What, is, what is the policy right now? I think that's what it is. But I know that if when you finish, when you're done watching it, it's, it goes away. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we had to when we had a baby and could not watch a movie all the way through. I, I, I realize that's a very unsympathetic sympathetic point of view for a lot of people, but it's a pretty common one. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, the baby's asleep. Let's watch a movie. Um, we got bitten by that about twice and never did it again. Unless I know for sure this is something I have to watch for a um, like a podcast or something. Like I had to watch Drive last night, which I happen to own and have seen probably four times because I love Drive. Um, you know, the thing is that then you stare at those numbers and you go like, especially for a slightly older movie, you're not mm -hmm. talking about a $20 movie, you're talking about a $10 movie. You're like, what? I'm going to like rent this for $5 and run the risk of not watching it or buy it in HD for $10. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's the big Lebowski, like that's kind of a no brainer. Right. But, um, we're carrying on way longer than we needed to about this, but, I, boy, it'd be such, this is such an interesting time to be, even just in the last year, let's say. Sure. Be a fly on the wall at some of these companies and they're thinking about these relationships and what their plan for the next two years is. Think about how disruptive Netflix has been. Like, it's, it's crazy to go from, what, 10, was it 10, less than 10 years ago was still the DVD company to like now they're putting out some of the best shows. Yeah, and like you I don't mean, even know what they're putting out. They're putting out so much stuff. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I really am I'm all in on on Netflix and original content, whether it's coming from Netflix or Hulu or whoever. The, the best content is coming out in those places. I feel like when, um, when Lost ended, that for me was like the last great network TV show for me. Mm. Um, there have been other shows I liked on network TV, but not that I was as into as I was, right? you know, with lost. And I feel like the, the great content is being made in these independent places. I will say I am, I am very pessimistic and I'm open-minded, but pessimistic about Apple's attempts to create what I will call content, especially video content. I uh, I don't I don't think that they've done a good job of it so far and I don't think that they will get it right. I feel like for whatever reason and again I hate to sound pessimistic about it, but 
I feel like Apple is not good at that. Just like they're not that like they were notoriously bad at services and they're better now. Uh, I wouldn't put them at, at good. Whereas you would say Google very good. Um, I just don't associate in my mind. I don't associate Apple with content the way that I associate Netflix or Hulu or whatever with content. And I remember the first big Netflix show, the first content show was like, Hey, we got Kevin Spacey. We're doing this show called house of cards. And like, we're going to release all the episodes at once. And then I think with the second big one I heard about was orange is the new black. I think those are like the first two big ones. And it didn't make any sense. I'm like, why is Netflix doing this? They're like the rental company. But now, like you said, this is what they're all about. I I don't feel like Apple's going to get it right. And I want to be optimistic about it. And I don't know why exactly I feel that way. I just feel like this seems like something they're, that that's not going to gonna go maybe the way that they want it to go. I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, it in a few years and see if how we sure how will. Long they, that was. There's so many changes in, in in taste and like so many things afforded by technology. It's going to be a very interesting time. Um, thank you to listener don 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 Jonathan. Jonathan, thank you, listener Jonathan, for that question. We may have another listener Jonathan after that one. Okay, but uh, I would love to hear about something that you like, Dan. I like Jet. 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 Woo. Jet.com. Oh, see, we, should, we probably can't do that. We're going to get sued by the McCartney estate. No, Wait, no one sues. No one huh? sues that mm. for this. <laughs> but Jet is great. Have you used Jet? Jet.com is a shopping site that makes it easy for you to save money on stuff that you buy all the time. And this is the cool thing. This is what makes Jet kind of different. And it seems magical, and I really like it. Uh, but the the more stuff that you add to your cart the more money that you can save. Uh, it's really interesting. If you get a few items, like prices will start to drop as you shop. If you get more than one of a certain item, prices get lower. Um, you even have an option to like, you know how, how you typically when you're buying stuff online, there's like a free return shipping on something. And that's really useful if the thing could potentially be wrong. But if it's something that you've got a bunch of times and you know you're, there's no chance you're going to return it. I don't know what a good example of this would be, but man, maybe paper towels or something that you want to order. Um, you know, you know, these are the right paper towels. They're the ones you've been getting. You can save money on jet by a checking little option that says don't include a free return on it because you know you're not going to need it you can save money that way you but you do get free returns you get free returns wow. within within 30 days you get free shipping on orders over 35 bucks you get two-day delivery on thousands of their everyday essentials there's no membership fees there's no annual fees and uh, they got 24 7 customer service with the folks out in salt lake city and uh so you know i thought okay let's let's order some stuff from jet and i ordered a couple things and i i i maybe i shouldn't say this but i i ordered the wrong thing on purpose because i wanted yes because i wanted to see what their return thing would be like are you one of those outside agitators i guess it's oh my uh, goodness it's all about disruption Mm, but i wanted to you know what i would say for an online ordering type situation it's i would think it would be normal to get something and say, this is wrong. I want to return it. What is the return process like? 
So I, mm-hmm. I went through and I did it. And it was great. It was super easy. It's just what you would want it to be. You go in, you check a little box, return it. What's the reason? You pick the reason. You hit submit, print out your your label, and uh, and you're done. It couldn't be easier. Super, super great selection on here. And I'll tell you what, prices are really, really good on this thing. And I love that there isn't any kind of uh, annual fee or membership or anything. So listen to this. You're going to get 20% off your first two orders over 35 bucks if you go to jet.com and the promo code at checkout is back to work, one word. Uh, Terms and conditions apply, of course, as always. So again, it's 20% off your first two orders over 35 bucks. What? Do I, no, do I get this, this you discount can use, if I do sure it? You use that. Why not? Jet? Say I'm it again. Jet.com. Jet, jet, okay. And then the first two orders that you put in over 35 bucks, you're going to get 20% off if you use the code work? back is that to our, work. Is that our URL? Right. No spaces. No spaces. Just, just type jet.com. in back to work. And, uh, hmm. and that's it. And I, to be legally compliant, terms and conditions apply. I have to say mm, those words. Got to say that. So, uh, but it's a really great service and they have pretty much everything. Like I picked a couple really obscure things that I was sure they weren't going to have. And yeah, they had them. They had lots of versions of them and, uh, anything, anything you want, it seems like they'll go and, uh, and get it for you and send it out there. So, um, I really like them really. It's nice to have alternatives in where you get stuff nowadays. And, uh, they, they're a wonderful alternative. So go check them out. Jet.com. Use a good back to work, get 20% off. Why not try it? It's easy. Thanks, Jet. Thanks, Jet. Dan, I've been monopolizing this program. What do you want to talk about? I love. I like what you're talking about. We're not monopolizing um, anything. Uh, how's your cat? Oh. How's your cat doing? She's good. She needs a good shaving. All, but she's fine. All my kids talk about all day is that they want a cat. That's it. That's the only thing that they talk about. They sit there. And the other day, I came into the room. My son was just sitting on the sofa. He didn't have his iPad. TV was off. He's sort of staring off. I'm like, hey, bud, what's up? He's like, I'm just thinking how to get mom to uh, let us get a cat. Um, first of all, super cute. Are they around mini cats? Are they sure they like cats? They do like, they have seen and, they like and the been with cats. Cat. They, they want any kind of pet, to be honest. Anything that's a mammal, I think, would make them very, very happy. Okay. We have a fish, uh, a fish tank with it's a 29-gallon freshwater fish tank that is beautiful, and uh, and that they could care less about. Oh, but anything with fur, yeah. anything that's a warm little yeah. creature that they can furry, hold. Furry and, mammal. Yeah, I think if we got them a guinea pig, they'd be happy with it. I think if we got them a cat, they would they would love it. I grew up with cats, and I I think it's uh, harmful to children to not raise them around an animal. Uh, but yeah, it's not going to happen apparently. My daughter insists that a guinea pig is not too much work. She heard that at SPCA camp. That, <laughs> that does not seem right to me. She also, what else does she hear? She they, heard that, they uh, make noise at night is the thing that you need to know about guinea pigs is that's their, their, I don't know if they're dedicatedly exclusively nocturnal, but they are certainly nocturnally active, uh, kind of like John uh-huh. and they, they make noise and it's not, like they're they're screeching or anything, but they make that little you know little guinea pig yeah. noise, <laughs> yeah, like. and a little squeaking noise that they make, and it's cute, but it's not cute at you know two in the morning. I would find that very disturbing. Yeah, now she wants I think it's called a dwarf rabbit is what she wants for her next pet. Oh yeah, which is sort of like the applehead chihuahua version of a bunny. Right. Yes, I know what you're talking about. See now, my whole life dwarf, I've heard that- what is the full name of this thing? Dwarf. 
Dwarf rabbit. Rabbit. I think that's what it's called. Oh, look at the these smallest things. domestic rabbit breeds. Look how little they are. They have a single dwarfing gene. Oh, single, look at this one. The white one? Yes. Yeah. I've had that I've had that picture on my phone for like four years. Oh, it's look not at, real. That, that can't be real. That can't be real. <gasps> look at this one with the big ears. What is this thing? Bald dwarf rabbit born without any fur. No. Oh, that's hideous. Look at that thing. Look at these bunnies. Look at these bunnies. Hmm. They're really cute, these things. Well, let's see. Now, I want to. Uh, I want to. Uh, I'm considering doing a twofer from listener Jonathan because I like listener Jonathan's question. It has to do with calendars and to dos, and I want you to be candid with me. Have you been talking too much lately about calendars and to dos? I say we haven't been talking enough. Not enough. I agree. Uh, part one of listener Jonathan's question: How does one balance the to do list and calendar? I tend to like the concept of putting my. Oh wait, are we done with talking about rabbits? Oh, sorry. Yeah, talk about hijacking the show. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't have anything else to say I, about them. I'm trying to save you because, like, <laughs> this, I don't recognize the Dan that I'm hearing this week because you sound like a different Dan than I've ever dealt with. Like uh, taller? The animals, yes. But, like, I'm trying to keep you out of trouble because mm. the more you talk about it, the more open you're going to be to getting an animal. Oh, I'm very open to it. I would love to get a cat. I've grew up with cats and I had, I had cats until 10 years ago. I know. What is happening? You were never like this. What are you talking about? Love pets. Love animals. Listeners, am I crazy? It's dogs I don't want. It's just Uh, exclusively dogs I don't want. So you think you might want to adopt a cat? I would, yeah, I would love to have a, a cat. My wife doesn't want anything to do with a cat. So confused. Well, see, I think a rabbit. That's you got to get a hutch and stuff. No, right? we're not doing rabbits, and I'm, and I don't want I don't want anything to do with a dog. I won't have I a dog. Want, I just don't want a variety pet. I don't want anything that's cute. I mean, cute in the sense of like, ugh, this is my boa constrictor, right? Yeah, but uh, you know, rabbits cost money. All these things cost money. Oh, they all cost money. And uh, you wouldn't but, believe what my cat's teeth have cost me. Just the ugh. teeth alone. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Just the teeth alone. That's not even getting into all the other parts. Oh, dear. You do not want to get into her parts. They are dark and they are dense. Shave that thing. She's getting dingleberries. Oh, come on. Yeah, my wife cleans her face every night with a hot washcloth. Her own own face or the face of the cat? Whether she needs it or not, they both get a good wash and get all the tears off. (laughs) Wash off all the tears from my cat and wife. (laughs) Give them the best in life in my head. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't recognize that, but I like it. That's a song I just made up. Oh. It's a country and western song. Okay. I just made up. But no, I, I would, I like, you know, I'm not going to like take, take care of a cat anymore, but I'll, uh, hmm. I, I would enjoy having, having You'll it around. It. Yeah. That's cool. Not a dog. Ugh. Yeah. Dogs are sweet. I want a corgi. Um, so, listener Jonathan, how does one balance the to-do list and calendar? I tend to like the concept of putting my to-do list items on, in my calendar to increase the chances of things getting done. That said, things happen like interru- interruptions by my parents. I live with them. Getting hooked on TV shows, Game of Thrones currently, and learning how to prioritize. Should I instead schedule time on my calendar to tackle my to-do list and see how far I get? Should I, should I then... When done with my tasks, enjoy an episode or a few of my TV show of choice. Almost sounds like he feels guilty for spending time on things he wants to do. 
I think there's a lot here that we can help with. Yeah. Some of this, there's some, uh, thank you for uh, your, your two uh, questions this week, listener Jonathan. Um, Game of Thrones is a very good program. Um, well, as, as we talked about a good deal in the past, I, I'm a bit of a, a martinet about the things that go on a calendar and really believing that it's only events that die if they don't happen on that day or specifically on that day at a given time. And there's, you know, variations of different people's tastes. I'm certainly not above having, for myself, having to-dos on a calendar, especially if it's like an all-day event. If it's like, or as I've called them, environmental events, like, you know, uh, they're spraying for uh, termites today. We can't get in the house. Like, you need to know that kind of stuff. Or, like, if I don't pay this bill, they're going to cut off the electric. Like, those kinds of things can be very important. I think it's important to have a taxonomically different idea in your head or existentially different idea of what is a calendar event? What's the thing I'd like to do today? What's the thing I have to do today? Versus what's a thing that just needs to get done at some point? So without getting to David Allen about this, I, I would be circumspect about, personally, I would not put too many things on my calendar. But if it works for you, you know, keep doing it. Um, but, but I think, I think there's also maybe a bigger problem with here, what, here with what I'm going to call focus and motivation. Okay. Because these taxonomical problems are probably not the actual problem. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, do you think, do you think listener Jonathan is struggling because his to-do lists are on his calendar inappropriately or could there possibly be other reasons? Yeah. There's got to be another reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like what, I mean, our calendar, a calendar is in many ways, uh, I sound like Mr. Huff. A company is like a clock, Bob, um, (laughs) with his little fat fingers (laughs) threaded together. That's right. Um, See, the, uh, a calendar is a lot like a map in some ways. And it's, it's a map that's some combination of known and unknown territory. Like, you know, you, you may, boy, I'm already mangling this analogy really badly. But like, you have this idea of what needs to happen. And this is your map of your temporal territory. This is where you're going to go. These are the little islands and fjords that you have to visit, like along the way. So it benefits you to have that be as accurate as possible. So that if a big tree falls down on your time map, you know how to get around. End of analogy. Um, and that's why I feel like <laughs> mixing in t- to-dos on a calendar is a, what, in this instance, I'm going to call it a, a logistical misstep. Because right. it seems to me, so in other words, it may not be like, my point being that there's some higher up thinking that you need to work on, listener Jonathan, in terms of your areas of focus and your source of motivation. Because if you have your focus right, and your motivation is understood and being harnessed, um, then stuff like where you should put your to-dos isn't as big of a deal. It's just that this is the map that makes us notice we're in the wrong country. <laughs> like It's our calendar and our to-do list. If we're getting frustrated with that, well, either we're frustrated because there's a bunch of crap we put on there that shouldn't be on there. Maybe we're frustrated because we have way more than we can do and we can't avoid it. But another thing we do is we try to, to manufacture care, interest, importance, priority, whatever you want to call it by, you know, anointing it and then giving it a place on the calendar. Um, I would say, here's a suggestion that will help both your TV, TV watching, uh, and your calendar work, which is get a little more focus. You know, I would, I would think about like what, what the big things are that you want to accomplish. Let's start small in the next month. 
uh, in the next six months? Like whatever your situation is, like have a pretty good idea of like these next one to six months will have been a success if the following thing happens. Okay, for the following thing to happen, I need to do these sorts of things. If these things don't get done, there's going to be problems. Those are the kinds of things that, that go on a calendar. Like if you're trying to get in shape, you know, yeah, you know what? I'm going to allow you to cheat on this one. You could put put that on your calendar as when you will go run or when you will go to the gym and stuff like that. But like if you narrow your area of focus to like a few things you're working on where you would like to be somewhere uh, better, different, whatever it is, however you look at it, like you want to see progress on a big project or an important project for you in the next few months. So what goes on that calendar to do that? What goes on the to-do list to do that? Because if that's not happening, it's probably because because stuff is sneaking onto the calendar and the to-do list that maybe shouldn't be there. Um, and then that becomes noisy. And then that becomes discouraging. And then you go back to watching TV. Right. And so I'm not trying to – I mean I watch a lot of TV, not as much as the president. But I, I like TV a lot. Um, but I would say – I'm trying to say in the gentlest way possible, think about focus, think about motivation. Um, and if you, if you know what you want to be focusing on and you understand what is motivating you, a lot of things become clear a little bit more on their own. If you close your calendar, take a big long walk, go get around some green stuff, you come back and you say, okay, what's my focus? What's my motivation? Now go look at that map called your calendar and ask yourself if that's what you want your life to look like. Um, and sometimes that's a nice way to do a little audit on yourself and be able to go in and say, you know, uh, this is not the person that I'd like to be. The person mm-hmm. I would like to be is going to do this and this and this because I know this is my focus and I know this is the source of my motivation. If I lose my focus, I'm going to be motivated to get back on track, right? If I lose, you know, I, I will be able to stay on track with what I'm doing because I have made a good map that reflects reality as well as a vision of the person whom I would like to be. I like that. Yeah. Not bad for somebody who's a victim of mouth meat. Really? Me. Oh, not listener Jonathan. I have no way of knowing. Mouth mm, me. Mm. I'm, I can't believe you never heard that. can't believe you never heard that. I may. I don't know. Maybe I did and I blocked it out. because It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's really pretty gross. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, while we still have our listeners here, would you like to tell them about one more thing that you like? I'll tell them about ZipRecruiter because Zip I Recruiter. think there are a lot of people out there who are hiring. It doesn't really matter if you got a big company, mm-hmm. you got a small company. Anytime that you want to hire someone, you get a start with ZipRecruiter. That's the thing because most people don't, they don't know where to post the job to find the best candidates. It's not just about finding candidates. Like you'll find those, but you want the good ones and you don't really want to waste your time with the ones that don't really have the right kind of skill set or who aren't interested in it or who are the wrong fit. ZipRecruiter makes it much easier to, to do that. You post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click and their technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better really than anyone else. Uh, But that's why they're different. Unlike the other sites, they're not depending on the candidates finding you. It actually goes and finds them. And they have a statistic here. It's 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter are getting a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. And you don't have to juggle emails. You don't have to worry about people calling. You can screen rate and manage all of the candidates in one place right there in the ZipRecruiter's uh, dashboard. It's a very nice system. It's put together in such a simple, straightforward way. Uh, I wish that I had had this when I was hiring a few years ago because it would have saved me so much time. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash back to work. And if you go there, all of our listeners, they can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free if they go to that URL. So ZipRecruiter.com slash back to work. 
and go and find a candidate that is suitable for the job you're uh, trying to fill. Thanks That's again. a good deal. People should do that, Dan. People yeah, should do that. Should it's do hard it. to find good people. And it's free. It's free. Free. ZipRecruiter.com slash back to work. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. Free. 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 It's free real estate. Yeah. This message, this message is just for Jim Booney. It's free real estate. You ever watch Tim and Eric? No. Uh, <laughs> I watch their Instagram stuff. Oh, you might have seen their Absolute Vodka commercial with uh, Zach Galifianakis. They do one Dobus P. I don't know that. You've seen Dobus PR? Oh, 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 that does sound familiar. I think that's a joke from their Moo. I'll put it oh, in, I'll yeah, put it in the PR. show. Notes. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jim Booney, it's free real estate. That's pretty great. Right, also, uh, a great one is uh, Tim and Eric, the discount prices and premium prices. Have you ever seen that one? <laughs> I have not. I will. I will oh, <laughs> okay. Save it for after the show. All we right. got to watch this together. All right. Discount prices, premium prices, more like premium. Um, so, Dan, where would people find show notes for episode do da do da? Wait. Three, three, four. Three, three. three. How did I? What the? What, Are you what off happened by to my one? numbering system? I think I'm off by one. That's the hardest problem in computing is naming and counting by ones. That's true. Three, 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 four. I changed that. Dan, where do people find show notes for episode three, three, four of your back to work program? They can go to five by five dot TV slash B two W slash three, three, four. Mm. We did it. Oh my God. I forgot we started a half hour early. This shows longer than I expected. <gasps> Jiminy hee haw. We should go. Yeah, we can go. Oh my goodness. Do whatever you want to do. It's your I mean it's your show. Uh, thank you to everybody uh, out there listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for your nice emails. Do you think you'd want to get that latest email from the guy that uh, wants us to uh, sell custom songs on the show? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that one. I'm okay. Hard I wasn't sure. You know, I wanted to make sure that. You know what his title is? No. He's a business wrangler. Ooh. Yeah. In a letter to, to strangers, he calls himself a business wrangler. It's like a CEO whisperer, you think? It's 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 interesting. I mean, how do you yeah. qualify to how do you become that? Well, I think you probably start out as a business clown, you know, helping uh-huh. out the other people who are in the rodeo. Sure. sure. You become an uh, assistant wrangler. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's a you know, there's a, a path that you have to follow, I would guess. Mm. Uh so uh listen, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we appreciate it. Danny, anything else to, <laughs> no. in parting to say to our listeners? No, I think we got it. We, we're we're right. good. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.